Welcome back to another episode of Deck Hockey Focus, the only podcast dedicated to growing the game that we love. On tonight's episode, we're going to continue our theme of bringing on some special guests to explore the game abroad. Uh, we will get back to some of the things that are happening here in the Quad Cities, but there's just so much out there that we would be doing you guys a disservice if we didn't dial you guys into everything that's going on. Thanks, Mock. Uh, coming up on this episode here, we're going to go round two with Dan Caldwell, coordinating producer with the NHL Network. He's going to dive into a little bit of his experience, his gameplay, the teams he plays on, and kind of his vision for the game. And then we're going to circle back up with the Lugbeck boys, Nick and Pat, who are in the room here. Do a little quick recap of the Burroughs Cup that occurred a week before last, and maybe a sneak preview of Bratislava and Team USA 3-on-3. But first, I want to introduce you guys to our newest sponsor, Blue Jacket. That's B-L-U-J-A-K-E-T. It's an app you can download on your phone. Uh, It's geographically based software. So what it does is it tracks your location on your phone. And when you're nearby a partnering business, let's say you're downtown, something like that, Blue Jacket will alert you that there's a nearby business that has discounts that are offered exclusively through Blue Jacket. So whenever you're out and about, the Blue Jacket app is going to help you guys finding good deals at local businesses and companies that we love. Everybody check them out. That's B-L-U-J-A-K-E-T Blue Jacket. And a huge thank you to them. But how about we just jump right in and uh, let's regroup with Dan here. All right, Dan. So the, the team that you typically play with is the graphics and we don't know too much about them. So give everyone an idea of how you guys are structured, where you're from, what a typical season looks like for you guys. You know, uh, for graphics in particular, we probably play about five or six tournaments a year together. Um, I say that the heart of our team is located in that, uh, you know, suburban Philadelphia area. Uh, when, and, you know, like a lot of other teams, we've got some players from elsewhere. We've got a couple of players from Connecticut, uh, myself, I'm in North Jersey. Um, you know, so we kind of supplement with, you know, with, with players from, you know, all over that, that can help the team. Sure. We play in two A tournaments a year. Um, that would be the Super Bowl bye week in Harrisburg, which is, you know, an incredibly intense ter- tournament. And we play in the, the North Americans, um, and that is, uh, you know, the AB and the North Americans. Um, outside of that, we play in a couple open tournaments a year, but we really only play in two, like, A tournaments. And there's really not a ton of A tournaments around. You You have, um, you know, you have one up in, in Lemonster and, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, uh, St. Catharines has the Clash of the Titans. Uh, graphics doesn't travel to those. So we play about five or six tournaments a year. Uh, with two being A tournaments and the rest of them being sort of opens, which can be like a, you know, a C level too. Uh, so we will face the gods if we play them, um, you know, either in North Americans or in, you know, in, in the Super Bowl bye week. Uh, the thing with the my team, the graphics, is that we are, oh, we're perpetual underdogs. Um, you know, we are, oh, our team is very much like a family. It's, uh, you know, it's one of the closest group of guys as far as a team that, that I've ever been around. Um, they, they truly do like each other, friends, um, and we like to stick together uh, as opposed to going up and picking up players who may not necessarily fit our mold. It, it's important that you actually have that, uh, you know, the, the DNA to be, to be part of our team. Um, and, and I think that is, you know, while we may never walk into an A tournament as a favorite, um, you know, we, who, there's, it, you'd be hard pressed to find a closer team than ours. 
Um, so we'll face them, you know, possibly in either one of those two way tournaments. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, that's just, just the gods, but you know, there's a, there's a number of, of real heavyweight teams from, you know, the, the Buffalo fusion, um, you know, the Boston saints or the Bauer saints, um, you know, Lemonster Americans, um, there is, a there's a number of teams out there that, um, you know, really, you have to run a gauntlet on Sunday to come away with the win. And with graphics, like, you know, we can, we're good enough to be in the A. Um, we can, you know, cause a headache and we can probably pick off a team, maybe two on a Sunday. But it'd be incredibly hard for us to go ahead and, and beat three heavyweight teams on a Sunday. But you're the team we you don't want to play need- first round. <laughs> that's a yeah because we um you know it's uh it's funny we played in the, the north americans this past march and uh we played a team from niagara the niagara war pigs who are, are tremendous they're, they're probably a top five team from ballhockey.com and yep. we played them in the round robins and they beat us like seven to nothing um you know they didn't just beat us like they let off the gas in the third <laughs> that's what it, that's what it was you know, um, and, and then we ended up matched up to, we, we ended up with the last seed of the A. So we made the A, the rest of the teams dropped down to the B. Uh, but we ended up having to play Niagara, you know, again on Sunday morning. And, you know, listen, if I'm them, I don't blame them, but it's possible that they underestimated us. And when it was two to one with, you know, two minutes left in the game, uh, you know, I think we, you know, uh, listen, there's no, there's no moral victories. We all know that, but you know, we prove something in a sense that, you know, just cause you beat us up on Saturday doesn't mean that you're going to do it on Sunday. And we ended up losing the game two one, but it's just kind of a good example of, yeah, on Sunday, we could be a little bit of a headache for you. If you, if you sleep on us, we've wow. got great goaltending, we've got great defense. And if we can, you know, you know how it is. You score whoever scores the most wins. So if you can snipe a few in and keep the you know the other team off the scoreboard, you got a chance. But so it's about coming in with that's the game kind of plan. Where we, you know, uh, that's kind of where we are as as a club right now. No, I I think we're on the same page. We had the same story with uh, well, Deckheads version. 2.0, I guess, for Waterloo, which is like a smaller tournament that we have, and our team coming in against effectively Nick and Scully and those guys that are on deckheads and they throttled us on Saturday. Like it was embarrassing. Like almost like why did it even drive two hours? And then Sunday, I mean, they ended up winning that game. Well, turn around and then we play them on Sunday in the money round. Yeah. And they ended up winning that game, but like we scared them until like two minutes left. It was a, they had uh, it was five to three, but uh, two of those goals were empty netters and those don't count as goalies. So, Uh, but we came in, uh, came in with the idea that, Hey, they're better than us. They should beat us. Here's how it happens. Here's what we got to do to make it so that they have a bad day. Yeah, we, it was just a ten minute conversation with the team. It's like, boys, let's go. Like, this is what this is the game we have to play. And I I feel like we're having a very we have very similar teams in where we're at. Every game is a championship on Sunday. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, you know, one of the things for us is that if, if we have to play. Uh, one of these, you know, top A teams for two hours, uh, we're, we might lose 20 to five, you know, but we don't play for two hours. We play for 36 minutes, 30 minutes, or depending on whatever, you know, the period lengths are. Yeah. So the, the clock has always been our friend. 
we can play to the clock. And I know that sounds, you know, uh, it, it sounds odd to hear, but shorten the game. You know, if we can make it a 10 minute game and have it be one goal difference, um, you know, that's the position that we want to be in. But yeah, if we have to play these guys for, you know, an hour, you know, two hours, they're going to eventually steamroll us. But if we can, you know, keep it so that, you know what, like it's, it's now a 10 minute game and, and it's a one goal difference um, that plays into our favor. Oh, a hundred percent. Like, I mean, that's our strategy coming in. We don't play games. We play periods mm. and we play shifts. Play shifts, absolutely. Like it, it's a matchup. Yeah. Every shift is a matchup. And like that, that's our approach to the game is like, all right guys, let's go win this shift. Yeah. We didn't score. That's fine. But we're our face offs in that zone. We're in the offensive zone. Good. Next team, go play that shift. Keep it down there. Keep it down there. Keep it down there. So honestly, like being short-sighted helps. But I think the flip side of that is when you guys are going into the season and you're looking at these various tournaments that you guys have scheduled out, uh, what do you guys do to prepare? Or maybe what's the number one focus? What's the most important tournament for you guys that you know you've got to bring your A game? Uh, you know what? It's it's close. Um, I think if you want to talk about absolute, just straight on a competition, you know the competition. Um, you know it, it's it's hard to beat Harrisburg, um, the one in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. That's that's done. And they call it the Super Bowl bye week. Uh, it's a strictly an A. Um, there's no other divisions. Um, you know it is it, it, it separates the boys from the men really quickly. The rink is big. Um, you know, I, I've, I, you know, from an A-level experience, I, some of the worst losses I've ever been a part of have been on that Harrisburg rink. So, um, you know, we were we were lucky we made it to the semifinals. I, I like I use the word lucky. But, you know, we made it to the semifinals a, a few years ago. That's the furthest we got in there. But the Harrisburg tournament, for me, has always been uh, really enjoyable just for that. Like, it's the, the it's uber competition. But if you want to talk experience, uh, I don't think anything competes with the North Americans and, and they break it up over two weekends. They, they have multiple divisions and, and usually I'll play in, in during both weekends. It is just a, it's a coming together of, of everybody who plays hockey, you know, from the novice level through the, you know, uh, you know, DC, you know, a and B co-ed women's um, they're all there. And, and sure. it's, you know, some people you only see once a year and, and it's, uh, there's something about the North Americans and, and seeing everybody there and, and seeing people that you've known for 20 years and people that you've just met over the past year and, um, you know, seeing all the, all the teams, you know, it's, it's impressive. They get, you know, I, I don't know the exact number, but there's a ton of teams that, that play in this. And I know, in, in, I think they had some 18 teams just in the, in the AB. Um, you know, I, I don't quote me on that, but it was, there's there's an atmosphere to the North Americans where yeah where you can just kind of sit there and watch games all day you know they have they have two rinks that are indoors and you know they're about you know 25 feet away from each other um, so you can kind of bounce from one side to the other side and and, and watch high level games it's you, you you can really make a weekend out of it it's it's pretty awesome so I would definitely say the North Americans is the best experience uh, but as far as the competition is concerned. Yeah, uh, the A in the North Americans and, and, you know, the A in Harrisburg, they're very similar. Um, you know, I've just, uh, I've, I've had more nightmares on the Harrisburg rink. So, you know, take that for what it, what it is. 
Well, I think that's one of the biggest things that we have going for us here in Iowa is just the atmosphere. We call it Tent City. Uh, we kind of take over the local park, which has ample space, and everybody sort of lives in a hockey shanty town for, <laughs> what, four days if you're local, <laughs> yeah. three days if you're uh, out of from out of town. But I think even for the, the low level, the recreational player, the the you know the juniors, the little kids. The kids are amazing. I mean, it's, it's just... It's the best weekend for us of, of the entire year. So, Well, I think it's the same thing he's talking about, though. It's like everybody comes together. You have those all-star teams where you're sniping players, but everybody's friends. And we're playing for money and we're playing to win, but it's just this amazing environment. Yeah. I mean, it's the perfect atmosphere nope. of, of party and high-intensity hockey that, you know, do-or-die mentality. But I hope that moving forward with Deck Hockey Focus, we plan to go to a lot more tournaments, be it fives, be it threes, be it, you know, Canada, be it United States. Uh, we hope to experience a lot coming forward in maybe 2019, as it were. But, uh, you know, bringing people and kind of showing everybody what, what everything has to offer. Yeah. Well, you guys have a standing invite to come here and visit me at NHL Network. I'd be happy to show you around. Um you know, I think what you guys are doing is, is absolutely awesome. And, um, you know, I'd love to see your, your show expand and, you know, the potential for, for what you guys could be. Um, you know, it, it's, it, there's really, you know, there's no ceiling, you know what I mean? You guys, um, you guys could be a, a huge catalyst in, in bringing our sport into that next generation. So it's, you know, kudos to you guys. It's, it's awesome. You, you definitely have figured something out. Um, you know, and, and the fact that you guys have you know, dedicated the time to, to doing it, man, it, it's really impressive and it's awesome to be a part of it. Yeah. If you hold an event like you guys just did, trust me, it, people have taken notice, you know, it's something that people are going to want to be a part of. It's pretty well, awesome. And, yeah, we and, welcome it. And, and we know that uh, up north uh, in the Montreal area, uh, there's maybe some vying for positions. There's a couple of different tournaments going on and and things like that and really what we hope is that as far as a three-on-three platform can go it'll be neutral playing ground for everyone whether they be west coast east coast whether from the south or whether they're from canada everybody can come here and it'll be a neutral playing ground for them they have to take on a quad cities team obviously but it's you know all bets are off let's see who can handle themselves and let's see who the best team is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our central location to everything I think is going to play to our benefit. Well, we're two hours away from Chicago, so it's an easy flight. Everybody can get to Chicago. Yeah. And it's a two hour drive. But that's what I hope for it to be is that here in the quad cities, maybe we're not the breeding ground for all hockey in the entire United States, but we're the meeting ground. But we can be the meeting ground. Exactly, yeah. we can we can be that central location. We can be the capital city, and everybody can fly in once a year. Fourth of July happens. Weekend after that, let's see who's got it. Yeah, uh, I love it. You know, I mean, and and as far as being the mecca for three on three hockey, um, you know, uh, listen, uh, there'd be no better place in Iowa. Um, just judging by the facilities you got there and and the amount of passion that's there. Um, yeah, I think I'd love to play in front of, you know, a thousand people, um, you know, rooting against me. Is that a commitment? It. It'd be pretty awesome. Is, did I just hear uh, a commitment? Well, you know what? I got, I, I, I got to put the fueler out there, but listen, it, you know what? A soft At the very yes. least, I can, I can, 
it's a soft it's a soft commitment you know <laughs> let me see if i can get the players on board oh, you know the good thing is guys. is that you don't have to get 17 players you need to get 11 you know that that always helps when you're traveling across the country oh yeah absolutely yeah you know i i, I said it before like uh, we're all important in this we're all important um everybody who picks up a stick and goes and plays in a local league is important. Like we all matter. Um, you know, I, and we may be competitors off the rink, but we're, you know, we're all kind of building towards the same thing, you know, off the rink. It's, it's, um, you know, whether you're playing three on three or five on five, like, you know, as far as I'm concerned, like I did not know there was hockey in Iowa. And from what I saw, there's a lot of it and they're good. And the people are passionate about it. And the amount of people that you had out, it was like a, it was a, a festival. Um, oh yeah. You know, it was, you know, it, that, that's, you guys are growing the game out there. Um, you know, and, you know, I, I'd love to see, you know, some sort of partnership where, you know, we get some, some of the East coast teams, you know, sending uh, teams out to this tournament. Like I, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I, I would love to get graphics out to, you know, the three on three next year. Oh, we'd love that. You know, and yeah, no. it'd be fantastic. I might have to hit the weight room a little bit. But, <laughs> you know, I, I think it maybe like, comes I, across I, a little different on the uh, video than, than you might think. But honestly, that, that, <laughs> that tournament was unreal by and large, higher competition, higher intensity, higher physicality, you insert the blank, you know, it was more than we've seen in a long time or right. maybe ever, but uh, one of the things we do in that tournament though, is like, it's a little outside of regular season is that we create all-star teams. We merge teams. We snipe players, uh, guys that we don't play with every day. We're like, yeah, you're, you're coming with us here. Well, that's where my enemy becomes my friend because yeah. we have a, a mutual goal. Sure. <laughs> so uh, no, those, yeah. those videos are a lot of uh top talent all-star. And, and that's what it, that's what it is. Like that, that's how it is out here too. Um, you know, I, a lot of these leagues, like you can't have all the best players on one team or you won't have a league. Yeah. You know, um, it, it's, you need to have some sort of parity. So honestly, in, in tournaments, you know, and, and a lot of places are different, but for, from my experience, as far as the leagues versus the tournaments, like you'll have all the best players from one league, one area, you know, and in North Jersey, there's about like three prominent leagues, like house leagues. Mm -hmm. And when they send a tournament team, um, you know, it's the best players from all those teams on one group. So, you know, you may play with some of them together, but you're playing against most of them. It's, and that's what tournaments are supposed to be in, in my eyes. They're supposed to be all-star teams representing areas. You know, um, that's when you get, you know, uh, you know, uh, Pittsburgh and Buffalo and, and Lemonster and Boston and Long Island and, you know, that's part of the pride of it. And that that's one of the things I really loved. And when I first started playing tournaments, like there was a regional competitiveness to it that that was, you know, really cool. And you know, I think uh, going and playing in the in the Masters, it, you know, that's another thing that really, uh, you know, I, I just find really appealing is, you know, you're breaking out of, you know, regional and now it's national, you know, but these these tournaments, yeah, it's you're you want to have the best players from certain regions and, you know, the Pittsburgh style of hockey versus the Boston, like it, that sort of, you know, regional rivalry is, is, you know, somewhat important for the growth of the sport. Oh, well, and totally. that being said, I mean, 
you, you talk about how we're growing the game here in the Midwest, maybe a bit of an anomaly. You guys are really uh, growing it out there. And there's some people on the West, obviously growing the game. But so what is your thought process when it comes to the future of the game and the growth of the game and, and the ultimate goal? Cause I think we're all heading in the same direction. Yeah. You know, I, I'm a firm believer that you, you, you start with the ultimate goal and you work backwards. And if everybody's on the same page as what we want out of this sport, um, you know, I think we want to see this thing in the Olympics. Like, I think that's what we want to ultimately see. And, and we, we talk about, you know, validation, um, you know, validation as players um, being on tournament teams, being on national teams. Um, ultimately it comes down to like validation as a, as a community, you know, as a ball hockey community, seeing, you know, what we do, what we have to explain to others that, you know, oh, yeah, we're running, you know, to see that get on that kind of stage is, um, you know, I think where we, that's a growth that we, we really want to get to. And, and it's not something that you can, you can't fast forward to there. Um, you've got to plant seeds. You know, you got to plant seeds in Iowa. You got to plant seeds in California and Texas. Um, and you got to be patient and have a plan to watch this thing grow. So uh, where, where you want to see this board, like uh, for me, that's kind of what I want. Uh, I, I want to see it on that stage. You know, what I, what I want to do is I want to sit down with somebody for the first time and tell them I play hockey and tell them, oh, no, I, I play ball hockey and them knowing what it is already. And then saying that be three on three or five on five. <laughs> yeah, that would, that would be the next big question. I mean, God, how many like you know times where you were younger, like first dates that you were on, where you actually had to tell you know the girl that you're with that yeah you play hockey, and then they're like oh ice where do you play, and it's like uh <laughs> only road games yeah <laughs> <laughs> only away like burnt down we don't play at home don't worry about it um so you know, I want to see I want to see it get to that level um you know and and I want to help the process of it getting there so you know it it, it very much starts with you know, uh, by the time we get to there, all of us, you know, I mean, we're going to be in our fifties, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're going to be, we're going to be older. So it's, it's kind of up to us to, to grow the sport to that level. Um, and that is to, to dedicate our time. And you see that now uh, even more so with the, the youth leagues and the youth tournaments that, that are popping up everywhere. Um, you know, it starts with the, you know, the eight, nine-year-olds and, you know, getting them, you know, a stick in their hand and, and all these rinks that are popping up and, and people like you, me, and, you know, and everybody else who, who loves this sport, you know, dedicating our time to exposing it to people. And, and, you know, if, if I wasn't at, you know, that swimming pool when I was 14 and just glanced down at a hockey rink and seen people playing deck hockey, I, you know, how, who knows how many years would have gone by before I even found out it existed. And maybe that time, like, you know, that ship has sailed for me. So, um, you know, it, it's exposure and it's letting people know that, that this thing exists and, you know, giving them an opportunity to play, you know, there's not a lot of leagues out there for eight year olds, you know, there's some, so what do you have to do? You have to have camps, you have to have, you know, um, clinics, you know, you have to be willing to dedicate the time, um, you know, and, and you need, you know, you need leaders, um, you need leaders like, you know, like Corey and, and, you know, like other people, you know, within USA, uh, USA hockey to, you know, to, to help grow this game and, and to, you know, you know, dedicate the time and, and create a clear vision. So uh, I, that's where I want to see it. I, I want to see it, 
uh, recognized on, you know, somewhat more of a mainstream level. Um, but I, I'm going to really, you know, enjoy the process of, of doing my part, whatever that is, you know, uh, you know, to help them get there. And, and like I said, like, we're all playing an important role, you know, whether it's, it's a small one or a big one. Um, everybody who plays kind of matters. Yeah, absolutely. I think at the end of the day, we're all ambassadors and it doesn't 100%. matter. It, it doesn't matter if you're grabbing a bite to eat at McDonald's or you're at the grocery store, if you see somebody talk to somebody and it's about hockey and they get involved or, or even better yet, their kids get excited about it. Like that's a good thing. And that's where we need to go. And I honestly, I think this, I'm going to call it a new partnership with Corey and QC deck hockey and Pat. And you know, this conversation right here is, I'm going to celebrate ourselves. We're founding fathers. We're going to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> we're They're creating reading it. about us in history books. <laughs> yep. We're going to create the Hall of Fame, but we're going in it. And uh, no, I, I, your passion for the game is kind of the same, same thing that exudes here. And, you know, I, I just think this continued collaboration is going to be good for, good across the board. When we see it from anybody that plays the game is once they're in, they're in. And once you have the passion, it, it speaks for itself. And, uh, you know, talk to everybody, recruit everybody, take over the world. I think that's the end of the story there. But <laughs> um, You know, it's, it's funny, like, you know, when you talk about growing the game, uh, you know, and, and I think we talked about this earlier that we were – uh, we were able to get uh, you know a segment with some of the Team USA ball hockey players on NHL Network, and it was it was somewhat of a, a landmark moment in our sport. You know, albeit you know, listen, it was you know 12 minutes of television, but it's 12 minutes of television that we hadn't done before. You Absolutely. know, and it was more than the record. It was uh, yeah, there it, it's got to start somewhere, and you know what I'd like to do off that is you know to somehow get Team USA's games in the next world championships somehow on air for NHL network. And how cool would that be if you could tune in at nine o'clock, you know, and watch USA versus Switzerland. Um, you know, and I think when you do that and you get that exposure, you're going to have like the 10 year old and 11 year old kids who, who don't know about our sport and who don't necessarily have, you know, the hockey dads like myself that are going to be pushing them in that direction you know, hopefully that'll help, you know, sort of, you know, sweep and then and bring them all into the fold. So, um, you know, I'm hoping just like how you guys are doing the podcast and, and bringing that to, you know, people who otherwise wouldn't know it existed or the sport existed. If, you know, if somehow I can get it exposed in TV, um, you know, that'll help get the, the youth involved and, you know, that'll help grow that youth game. Because honestly, like, you know, if, if we don't, then, you know, where is the sport going to be in 20 years? You know, it's just, it's going to be just one big master's division, you know? Oh no, no, it's a, it's a big focus here too. Uh, um, not to derail, but I know Pat Levesque who runs the league here goes, uh, out to all the schools, donates a couple thousand dollars a year in equipment, just to those gym classes and to recruit those players and, Hell, there's over a thousand kids at QC hockey right now. Wow, are you serious? Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, uh, we're a town of like three hundred and fifty thousand all in, but uh, yeah, a thousand kids at deck, which is way bigger than our ice, our ice program. Wow, that's that's awesome. And you, know, it's it's 
know, it's easier to play than ice, you know, and, and I don't know, do you guys have a strong ice hockey background? So strong I, is a uh, strong well, word, but just a, a bit of the background, <laughs> a bit of the background on the quad cities is when, when I was growing up, our local pro team was substantial. I mean, we were the dominant force in our league at the time. They're in the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame. Hockey Hall of Fame, yeah. Was it uh, quickest to uh, a thousand it's wins? It's the or only something? team with five fifty win seasons in Consecutive. consecutively. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was insane. I mean, we were selling out what fifteen k? No, it's no, not, not that much. It was about eleven. Well, they had standing room only. Anyway, that was the environment that I grew up in when I was 10, 12, 14 years old, whatever it might be. Uh, and then there was sort of a drought, and I think that that yep. that age group, that age demographic, is now growing up and having their own kids. And now locally for us in the Quad Cities, there is an outlet for that, and it's just as cheap as putting your kid in the local soccer league, but it's hockey, mm-hmm. and it's fantastic. And so it's really seeing a resurgence, and it's really – it's just changed the community back to the way it was when I was a child. Everybody's it's, it's motivated. It's fantastic to see. Everybody's motivated for hockey. They're excited about hockey. They want more hockey. Yeah, we went. Yeah, you know, I we we have to play to our strengths, right? Like, you know, baseball is is struggling right now because you know to play baseball it requires, you know, I mean, you know, at ten, fifteen, you know, eighteen players to to get a full game in a, a baseball field, like it's. Uh, it's hard to, to play football or it requires a, a league of some sort, you know, or, or at least a, a big enough, like patch of grass and enough people like, you know, to play three on three hockey, you need six people. You know what I mean? Like accessibility has to be one of the, the things that, that we focus on that, that people are, are able to play that you bring it to them. You know, yeah. um, you have a centralized location They're They're all going to the one place. It's not like, they're playing in, you know, one town that's 45 miles away one night and then, you know, three nights later playing in another place that's, a, you know, half an hour away. Um, you, we have to play to our strengths. And, and one of our strengths is that you can pick up a stick and grab a ball, you know, and then let's go. Yeah. Well, and I think that's one of the big things that's happened here locally is that we've had not only community involvement, but the city backing. Like it's all in the the city of Bettendorf, Iowa, is a hundred percent behind deck hockey, and they're willing to do yep. what needs to be done to get us there. And their commitment to the game is really what's driving this forward. Yeah, that kind of support. Um, you know, it's uh, we need more of that. You know, it, it that's uh, that's rare. You know, to have that kind of support. And I noticed that you had so many sponsors. At, you know, at this tournament too. Uh, you know, I like. Couldn't help but to notice that everybody on the deckhead's last name wasn't Domino's. So I just <laughs> kind of put two and two together that, hey, maybe they're actually sponsored by Domino's. Uh, oh, totally. And on the back of their jerseys is like Marriott, the hotel, is sponsoring them too. And like we're a sponsor team. We have sponsorships. And our boards, our dashers look like an NHL dasher. Yeah, that's sweet. That's pretty awesome. You know, like it just, it makes it feel big. You know what I mean? When you get, when you play and, and you got that kind of sponsorship attached to it. Like, like it, it honestly, like you know, we're, it, we're outdoors, but I've played games like just our D1 games. And there's been a thousand people lining that rink on a Friday night. And it's, it, it's almost like high school. Like you go play football, you go play anything. And it's just like, you're the guy. 
Like they're here to watch you. Like it's even at 36 years old, it's like, it's motivating. It's amazing. Like, I don't even know what else to say. Like it's, it's why we love hockey and we now have the opportunity to do it because of ball hockey. All right, Dan. Well, we really do appreciate you spending the time to have a chat with us here and everything that you do to grow the game and, you know, just bring the sport to the next level. Anybody that can take the sport and make it what everybody wants it to be, which I guess is at the Olympic level. Now that we've seen, you know, to grow tournaments, to grow everything, to grow the skill level is is just, it's super appreciated here in the quad cities. And I'm sure everybody appreciates it, whether it be NHL network or, you know, locally to you there. But, uh, you know, we appreciate you sitting down with us and we're graphics fans now. Yeah. Hey, we'll do a Jersey (laughs) trade. Well, I'll send you out a few jerseys. Does that sound cool? Absolutely. Yeah. Look for those rain shoes, man. They're going to change your life. Yeah, we'll send you. We'll oh, send you some jerseys, awesome. and we'll get you a pair of shoes. Send us your address. I love it. We'll yeah. send them out. Guys, uh, really, thanks for having me on. Uh, your podcast is awesome. You know, it, it's it's just really cool to uh, it's really cool to be a part of it and talk to you guys. And um, yeah, you know, I, like for somebody who you know, listen, I'm. I'll, I'll be the first to admit I'm probably the most average player you guys will ever have on your podcast. But, you know, that being said, it, it, it was really cool. And, uh, you know, thanks for, you know, just talking hockey with me for a little bit. It's pretty awesome. Oh, absolutely. And honestly, this is the first of many conversations. So the start of a beautiful relationship, let's call it that. <laughs> All right. I look forward to watching it grow and blossom. We appreciate it, Dan. Pleasure having you. All right. Thank you, sir. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right, Deckheads. That wraps it up for part two of our interview with Dan Caldwell. We really do appreciate him taking the time to sit down with us and everything he does to grow the game. But up next, we've got the Levesque boys sitting in the studio with us tonight. We're having a great time. We're going to talk Burroughs Cup, which just wrapped up. Uh, We're also going to talk maybe a little bit about uh, the beginnings of QC deck hockey here in the Quad Cities and, and how we got our roots and how we got where we are today. So, Pat, Nick, boys, welcome to the studio. Yeah, thanks for uh, having us uh, here. It's always uh, fun stopping by. Actually, for the first time for, for me to come here, it's pretty cool. Oh, we love Pretty cool setup here. Uh, but uh, even uh, we have uh, Dylan Philly on the background here. But no, um, yeah, we, um, you know, we had a great time. Obviously, uh, you know, we met the uh, Corey and the, the team, the gods of Pittsburgh uh, in our tournament here, the national one in, in the Quad City in July. Uh, and you know we had a great uh, competition against them. They got you know good talent on their side, and uh, we were trying to uh, you know get together, uh, combine both teams for because uh, we there's two tournaments. We Nick and I went in Quebec. One we were a different group of guys, and then the second one, which was the uh, Burroughs Cup, uh, we combined with uh, you know the guys from Pittsburgh and Corey, uh, and it, you know we uh, it was a great time uh, playing with those guys. Uh, and learning from each other, and at the same time, uh, we wanted to see if there's any guys that we could, uh, you know, bring to the the World Cup uh, for the Team USA uh, in November. So, how did that all happen between, uh, you know, a week between Coupe Deck '92 and the Burroughs Cup? Like, was Corey watching that, or like, how did that whole? Oh no, we um, basically um, um, Nick and Corey mostly had a lot of conversations uh, since uh, July in the tournament. Uh, you know, actually, we, we kept uh, talking to Corey, uh, you know, almost once a week and stuff. Uh, but, you know, obviously, he's passionate about the sport. We're passionate. So, uh, you know, we uh, we love to talk about uh, 
different uh, tournaments coming up, different events and planning for the future. Um, but yeah, so um, like I said, Nick uh, built most of uh, the first tournament, which was the uh, uh, the one in our hometown. Um, you know, uh, we played with uh, some local guys in Quebec. Uh, did pretty well as a, as a team and stuff. We're not, you know, playing together. Obviously, it's a little harder. We don't have the chemistry uh, like most of the other teams, like the Red Light that play, you know, literally, you know, uh, weekly together. They have like eight tournaments a summer, so they really build that chemistry together. Uh, and then uh, we we already planned to go with Corey for the second tournament. Uh, sure. We told our Quebec buddies and stuff uh, that we would you know be part of the the gods and stuff. So you know get the deckheads and gods together, um, which you know obviously we always want to win and, and you know win the, the 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 whole event, the whole tournament. But you know we knew coming in there both events that we. We don't have the chemistry, right? You know, we have the talent stuff. New teams come as together. You yeah, I mean, it it's it's you know, obviously when you play red light, and obviously you guys know Yannick, he's uh you know, um, you know one of our teammates here and stuff, and big part of our team here, the deckheads. But he plays with uh, the guys in Quebec, the red light. You know, seven eight tournaments a summer, so they go out there, and it's literally they know, it, you know, where everybody's gonna go before the player goes there. It's literally tic tac toe. So, um, you know, it comes to a point where. You know, uh, you know, talent will, you know, will make certain stuff happen. Uh, but when they have a lot of obviously talent as well, but then they have the chemistry going. Uh, so when you leave a, a second a guy open, you know, it's in the net or coverage, you know, in your D zone. But they have set plays and stuff. So uh, no, it, it was obviously a great time in both tournaments. Uh, great time obviously being part with, uh, like I said, partnering up uh, deckheads, gods together, um, and then uh, yeah. More so about. what's the what's the competition difference like between maybe what we saw in our summer tournament versus maybe Cup Deck ninety two and then the Burroughs tournament? How do they all kind of compare to each other? I you know it, it's funny because you know talking to Yannick who does literally, I mean eight tournaments in the Quebec area comes down here in July. Uh, his favorite one is you know the one here in the Quad Cities. Uh, he's you know the the way the emotion stuff, the atmosphere with the fans. They're close to you. Uh, he, you know, he's saying it's something different that he sees, you know, nowhere else in any other tournaments. So that's something cool to hear uh, from a guy like that. And then the other thing too, we do here um, that is creates, you know, it, it's it's more fun for the teams and stuff. We have every um, in Quebec they don't do in tournaments. They don't have faceoffs. Yeah. So every we time there's a goal there. and stuff or penalty, you start like. In the corner, there's no drop, you know. So you can't really, even if you score a goal, you can't celebrate because the it's other team can go right away. It's right on, yeah. You know, so and I always, you know, ask myself too when I go there and stuff. I I don't have the same emotion as I have here in the, you know, in the Quad City and stuff in Waterloo. And I think that's a big part of it as well uh, that you can't celebrate after a goal. You can't literally, you can't go to face off and have a little game plan. Say hey, uh, you know, uh, mock. You're gonna go there. I'll win it there. You drive. You can't have that. So you're everything's gotta be done for the game, and your game just runs so quickly. A lot of communication on the fly. Oh, yeah. it's it, you, you. I mean, you can't even communicate on the fly. It's gotta be done for the game, or else it's gotta be like out there and in and out, in and out. There's no time at all. Yeah, yeah you, you can't adjust to anything in in when there's no face off, and literally there's no stoppage, right? So. After a goal, time runs, everything. So penalty, time runs. So here, you know, after a goal, you know, the time stops. You can jump in your teammates' arms. Good job. You get scored on at the other end, the same thing. It's not about just scoring, but when you get scored on, you're like, hey, Nick, 
that was your guy, but yeah, hey, he came behind me, so I can adjust the next one, right? Yeah. Or this guy shoots always from the high slot, so let's be closer to him. You know, stuff like that. You can adjust as the game goes on. And I think you see, I think you see more adjustment in tournaments where there is stoppage, right? Uh, you know, that you can like, okay, so this guy, um, you know, from the gods, Ruiz plays certain way. So during the game, you can adjust to him. And not wait till next game to adjust to him, right? Well, so there's more. I mean, how do um, line changes work in that scenario? Like, yeah, I obviously like. Well, for me, if like we're playing or like even during the season, you get scored on, you're coming off every whistle. Like, we'll go yeah, every whistle, but there's out. not even oh, really. Well, how a, does that work though? You just got scored on, but do you have the opportunity even to change? That's no. the other thing, and the, the you know the the hard thing about the chemistry. Obviously, chemistry is. You know, playing with the same guys, right? I know Nate's going to be open up. Without look, looking, he's going to be across. I passed him, he scored, right? That's one part of the chemistry. But in, in, in those tournaments in, in Quebec, the other thing you need to know is the whole, there's there's more than chemistry. It's knowing that, all right, the other team is new to this type of system. They don't play together. You know, we got caught a lot of times, literally, on next. They were literally going on a breakaways. We were nexting on a breakaway. Or... We were yeah, uh, caught in a change. Yeah, we we put a yeah we put a PK line out. They they shot right away and scored without having any of our guys out there. So you can't even put out a, a special teams yeah, line at so all. Yeah, so it's chemistry as a team. But then you have to add to that is chemistry is not it's more than chemistry. It's like knowing exactly how to take advantage of a team that doesn't play eight tournaments a summer in those mm -hmm. events, right? Um, you know, so like I said, even though I mean, you know, certain guys in, in Quebec play and in, in, in bunch of tournaments, you get you get all those guys together. We're not used to it. So one guy's not out there at the right time. It's a you know too many men, or at the same time, like I said, you you go out there and you the guy can shoot and you have three seconds to shoot. He shoots, he scores. You're already I mean, so a lot of little details like that that you get caught on, and 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 I think that's a firstly a thing that. Um, when you get when you have guys that come to our tournaments and, and they play in Quebec, they're like, we wish we had those face-offs. You know, those yeah, times to be excited about scoring a goal or on the other side, like Celebrate I said, to, like, to figure score, out yeah. what happened. Because yeah. even here in, in Mox, Florida, right? Um, and Ryan, us in our D1-2, we do that now. You get scored on units, yeah. right? I mean, create so guys have pushed themselves more knowing that they're not going to be out there for a minute and a half all the time. If you get scored after 10 seconds, you know, coming next and stuff. We don't well, celebrate but negative shit. You can't do that in, yeah. in those events. You can't adjust. So it's a little, you know. And my my thought these, too yeah. is is when there's a big game happening, let's say in our summer tournament, and that crowd gets into yeah. it. I mean, there's not really a crowd reaction, or how, no, how they, does it? You, you know, and, and and that's the other thing. I mean, yeah, you don't. You, you can't have the same crowd reaction because. The there's crowd, no there's no time for even the crowd to react to like, hey, whoa, that was a nice play. Because after a nice play, the game's going on right away. So there's no time to adjust. Even like, in even championships, do they do that? Yeah, the, the whole, uh, the whole yeah. tournament stuff. They yeah. don't change rules no. for money yeah. rounds or anything no. like that? The whole event, it's, it's the whole same. Yeah. Um, so even for the crowd, you know, you hear like when you score, you can almost like look at the crowd and then, you know, like excited with them yeah. or you know hear them like booing you know boo or whatever it is right you can be mm -hmm. part of it the crowd can be part of the game and part of like the whole side about chirping or pumping up a guy right yeah. you know in in those tournaments it, it's so quick 
that you cannot as a even as a fan you can't really pump or because like even if your guy scored a goal then you know the play is going on he doesn't even have time to know you know acknowledge that you're there tell him good job or in the reverse like booing him or whatever it is right you know part of the crowd and the excitement of the whole like the aspect and stuff oh yeah yeah and actually engaged in the game yeah but so transitionally, what's it like for you guys joining another team, putting on a jersey that's not a deckhead yeah. jersey, and joining a team that's? I mean, they're the gods are pretty well established, yeah. and you guys are sort of the newcomers, the yeah. rookies on the squad. But maybe as far as three on threes go, yeah. you guys know three it's, on three better than yeah. they would. So, mm-hmm. how did that? I you know obviously it's it's a completely different game. You know, five on five and three on three. Um, you know, obviously I think the deckheads are known as. You know, um, the three on three, you know, USA team gods, you know, they compete with uh, um, a couple, maybe two other teams, I think, right, that are top five on five teams and stuff. Uh, but, you know, proud to tournament, literally, Nick and Corey were talking like, I mean, every couple of days on the phone about strategy and stuff, uh, you know, because obviously, you know, you know, we had the background of three on three. So um, and we, we had some little strategy before, you know, before the tournament how to play and stuff. Uh, but like I said, it's always hard to adjust to what's going on. Uh, you know, and especially too, in, in the other different, uh, the Quebec tournaments are one day for the a level, the highest level, it's all done in one day. So you're basically got to pace yourself, right? You don't have like, you know, like a Friday, you play at six and then nine o'clock, then you're done. Relax, watch it again, get ready for tomorrow. Scout the it's other all, teams. Exactly. It's all on one day. day. Um, so you can't, you can't push yourself 100% at 9 o'clock and then be at, at ready for 10.30 and then noon and then 2 o'clock, right? Oh, Technically, nice. if you make it the final, it's going to be an eight-game day, right? So the, the teams that end up winning are the ones that actually know how to pace their, their game and stuff. They know how to play uh, but all the way yeah, through. Exactly. Well, what are periods structured like? Two periods of uh, 12 minutes, right? Running time. Running time. Yeah. So they're a little shorter, which Yeah, helps. shorter, yeah, obviously. It helps, but when yeah. you run and gun, I mean, you're really... Yeah. Full throttle the whole way through. So is there any foreshadowing that's happening here with the three on three Pittsburgh deckhead matchup? What's called a mashup? Anything happening there? Like a team for the future and stuff? Yeah, like what's happening in the well, future? Well, um, obviously, you know, uh, potentially a couple guys from, from their team joining us for the USA uh, uh, three on three World Cup. Uh, potentially, you know, so that's, uh, you know, in, in, the, in the talkings and stuff, nothing confirmed with, with Marty mm-hmm. uh, and Corey and stuff, but. Um, yeah, and then obviously uh, playing a competition against each other in, in national tournaments, uh, potentially in Pittsburgh and obviously here in July. Uh, so, yeah, that's what's, you know, confirmed for now and stuff. And, and obviously, uh, you know, uh, we'll see for the World Cup if uh, Marty uh, gets a couple of those guys uh, on the team or not. That's uh, totally up to him. Right. So do you guys have any experience maybe before you came to the U.S. and started up the deck and all that with the five on five? Because we've been getting a little more well-versed yeah. in the five on five. And some of the people that we've been talking to are more out of that arena of five on five ball hockey with the floating blue line yeah. and a entirely different style of play. Whereas, I mean, even Dan was saying where we box out a lot, it's yeah. a lot of back to the net sort of shielding kind of environment. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have a background at all in five on five? I actually, I mean, basically like deck hockey started in, in our hometown five on five when I was like, you know, 10 years old, and I remember playing it, um, but, um, you know, I, I think that the, the major thing for us in, in 
you know, what happened is, is it, it was the same size as, as on ice, right? The five on five. So I think that a lot of in Quebec, the elite guys, um, you know, just stayed to on ice, you know, because it was the same size and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then when they started three on three, it really pushed like every elite player to be elite guy to play three on three because of the size of it. Uh, a little, I mean, more, um, you well, know, I guess I don't, you know, a more excitement to it to a certain point. It's a faster paced uh, game. Faster paced game and stuff. Very condensed. From the skills um, yeah. aspect. Like it's, you're, everybody's right on top of it. Exactly. Right I mean, you know, so it's, it's more go, go, go. Uh, actually, there's a level for everyone, so everybody can enjoy through the throw on three game, no matter if you never played before. You're, you know, you're not in shape or in shape. Uh, but if you talk about the elite level and, and yeah, in both, um, you know, obviously there's a little more. Um, um, it's a little quicker pace. Obviously, there's always a guy, you know, and you're a little more skilled because you got to make more moves than on the open, you know, 180 by 200, you know, size rink. Uh, but yeah. Like, going backwards a little bit here, like, let's go back in history, like, playing pro, uh, you know, with the Mallards, and that's how you ended up here, but there's guys like Callum Wilder playing with Team Canada, and they use that as their training. How does deck make ice better, or how is that training opportunity, like... Even for yeah, kids I, that are in, like, high oh, school or younger kids. Yeah, it, you know, so I train a lot of kids, right, off ice and stuff, and you really think about it, and I see Mock, you're, you train a lot, and you're... So, you know, I'm talking about the palm metrics and stuff. What do you do with young kids and stuff? Palm metrics, the number one thing, right? Ladder, quick feet, you know? So if you think about what is that hockey, you're basically on shoes doing palm metrics while stick handling. What can you do better than that, you know, to become better on the ice? There's literally nothing. And it comes to a point where I tell a lot of parents and stuff, you know, obviously you can skate as you, all you want. Skating won't build that much muscle. No. It's gliding, you know. You gotta build that power in your leg. Push, That's push, by push. running, so. doing off ice. But off ice, you know, comes you know, I see kids, you know, it's boring training off ice and stuff. So then you got deck hockey now that you can actually do your palm metrics, but you don't even know it because you're having fun playing a hockey game while training. Mm-hmm. While you can't glide, and I tell kids, what's the number one thing as on ice? You tell your kids stop gliding because you you're like you shoot while gliding, right? Keep your feet moving. But mm-hmm. On deck, if you you can't you can't if you stop moving your feet, you stop moving. you stop right. Yeah. So it teaches the kids all the right habits and stuff, builds leg you know leg power and stuff. You know a one on one battle on the ice, a one on one battle on the deck, back checking, covering a guy, it's the exact same thing. You know as a player, you know if I come in back, you know back checking and I need to cover my guy, you know head on a swivel, knowing what the ball is, the goal my goal is, the opponent is, same thing as on the ice in a quicker pace. So then you you get kids. And adults and pro and elite at uh, on ice players to learn the game at a quicker pace. Um, that's why in Quebec, deck hockey three on three is part of the training and stuff. Actually, uh, a funny story. Nick and I were talking to um, to Martel. He's actually uh, gonna play for the Flyers this year. Yeah. So we literally he They're he was playing. Draft pick this year, right? What? He's a uh, number yeah. round draft pick. Yeah. No, he uh, he already signed the Flyers. Yeah. Okay. Already signed with them. Yeah. Uh, contract in hand, and he's gonna start with them this year. Um, while we were playing, he was watching our game. So we started talking after the game. He waited for us and talked to Nick and I, great guy. Um, his actually, his dad, uh, owns a Thrun three deck hockey in, in Drummondville. Um, so obviously he, um, and he, he told, uh, he wrote an article actually that deck hockey brought, brought him to where he's at right now. Nice. Thrun three deck hockey developed his potential to where he's at right now. So it's, it, it's been a big part of him making the NHL. Um, and 
he was leaving. We were there on Saturday. His flight was Sunday morning to go to uh, Philadelphia for the camp, NHL mm-hmm. camp. That's why he was playing till the last day before camp. Um, you know, so that's pretty cool when you see that. You know, the guy who's going to NHL, the highest level, is playing three on three deck the day before big tournament. He's leaving for his NHL camp. Um, but you know, I see a bunch of guys, and like I said, it's part of their training now from NHL players, pro guys, junior guys. To you know, to like little kids that want to improve, because uh, you work all your nice skills, but you you give yourself a break of on the ice as well. Yeah, well, I think we talked about it in a couple episodes. It's like you, it doesn't matter what decision you make, just make them fast. Absolutely. And you know that conversion from ice to deck that happens fast. Yeah. So if you're doing hockey on deck, you're making those quick decisions, those quick cuts, and you're making those right decisions that's what we're going to translate way better right like right yeah and, and the other thing too that that's cool about three on three you know the i mean you know on ice and stuff when you're you're, you're playing you know, on ice hockey and stuff, you're five on five you can always you know relate to your teammate to help you out back you up right a little bit which you're on three obviously you want to help each other out but a three on three game when one player messes up you the whole crowd, everybody can see, see it more, right? Yeah. Five on five, you mess up. There's four guys there. It's Somebody unless you're, you really have a there. big knowledge in hockey or scout, right? Watching this player, you probably won't notice. Yeah. Three on three, you watch a game, mistake, everybody will see it. So you're more accountable of what you're doing. So I think uh, that's another good thing. You know, it teaches players to really, you know, the small details, you know, are important. And if you don't do them, it's going to show. You know, really, at, at the, you know, when you're throwing through on the rink, it's going to show more than, you know, five on five ice or obviously, you know, when you play five on five. It Absolutely. teaches you, one, like not only to get in better shape, but it also teaches you how to be a better hockey player. And yeah. like, no, absolutely. But so what I want to dive into quickly is, so a lot of our OG listeners are going to know Pat and Nick very well. We're going to know the history of the deck and things like that. But for a lot of our new listeners, they might not be as accustomed to some of the things that we're talking about. So Talk a little bit about how you came up in the game, your career, and then what it took for you to start the deck and actually grow it. Because, I mean, it started so incredibly small, and it was a grassroots effort that now has blossomed into, I awesome. mean, a household name. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. Great question. And, and the funny story uh, is when um, um, in 2012, you know, I started basically, I started playing my own time, right? Actually, Yannick was the guy who, brought us into deck hockey nick and i uh and uh you know so we started playing i remember first tournament with him it was a lower level because we were just started and and we ended up winning the tournament and since that day i'm like hey yannick i want to play every game you have available i want to be you know like involved in in the sport uh and the season after i saw my on ice performance a improved a lot more like power, you know, stick handling, all that stuff, right? Stick handling. You know? Incredible stick handling so, from Dak. So, you know, obviously the, the whole concept, love the passion, helped my on ice career. So then I was playing for the Mallards here. Um, and uh, that's where the kind of the, the funny starts a little bit. I retired from the Mallards and stuff uh, and was going to build in Chicago. We had land there and stuff. Uh, and then we were all ready to go. And we were eating at a... Um, um, well, actually, the the we were went to eat we went to eat a Kadoba and stuff, uh, and then the manager there was like, "Hey, my dad started talking to him that we're gonna start deck, and he's like, "Hey, why don't you look um, into uh, the city of Bendorf? 
Uh, and, and sorry, coming back though, we were looking to Davenport originally too, a little bit here, but Chicago right away, kind of like, it was like, hey, let's, let's do it and stuff. But then Cordova was like, hey, you got to meet Bender before you uh, you go oh, to Chicago and yeah. stuff, you know? They, they moved really quickly and stuff. So, you know, long story short, I'm like, we didn't even know there was like four cities. We thought it was just, you know, one all together, right? So then my dad and I, my mom met with the city of Bendorf and uh, Decker Plain, which uh, he's the city minister still today. Mm -hmm. uh, loved the idea right away. So he jumped on it and he showed us a couple of locations, which obviously we decided with the Crokery Park uh, in, in the park and stuff. Uh, and then, you know, we started with one rink. Um, and, you know, we originally thought that one rink would be enough here in the Quad Cities because it's not known as a hockey town. Not right? even close, right? buddy. And then, you know, the law, obviously now where we're at today, two rinks. We're four looking to build a third rink in Crokery Park. Ten different um, rinks Hosting right the World Cup in the future as well. Uh, uh, so, yeah, so can't, that's how, you know, like I said, I got involved in my hometown. Did you catch that? Hmm? Hosting the World Cup in the near future? I don't think we should gloss over. No, so yeah, we're uh, obviously the World Cup been asking us to host it in the future, so uh, it's gonna be something that's gonna happen. Uh, you know, we gotta have you know, you know, because obviously we're, we're already sold out for a tournament, so I want to make sure you don't get a third rink. That way, we can have a rink a for the World Cup for sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so uh, it's that's you know a little uh, long story uh, short. We went to get uh, some nachos the... and a burrito, and then history happened. Oh yeah, <laughs> so. Uh, I mean, best decision you had, but... All right, so, Patty, uh, obviously, we are just talking about Deck landed here because you were playing here with the Mallards, but now there's a little transition in the league and the team name. So, how was that marrying up with the hockey community, specifically Deck? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, great question. And uh, as, obviously, I think most of the Deck players know, uh, uh, my younger brother, Nick, uh, is going to play for the Storm this year. So, uh, it's pretty cool. You know, it's kind of like... Uh, you know that he's gonna be here 12 months a year now. He used to be here all summer for deck. Now we, uh, you know, we're able to have him 12 months a year, and I think uh, the deck hockey crowd uh, uh, will be pretty excited to, uh, you know, support him this uh, this winter. Uh, but yeah, you know, obviously going with that is uh, we're uh, planning on a World Cup team uh, deck hockey game against the Storm. Uh, so we're and we're trying to keep Nick. With the World Cup team and the Storm is trying to have him on their side because they want to win, but we want to win too. Hockey hop, so baby. We, we'll, we'll have a battle um, of which team Nick will be playing for, uh, you know, on that side. But uh, no, so we're planning on that. It's uh, we don't have the official date, but it's going to be uh, most of the World Cup teams, uh, the World Cup team playing uh, the uh, you know the the Storm. Uh, so like, like, let's call it a preseason game. Exactly, it's going to be. I, I think it's going to be before the home opener. We're gonna try to get it done before the homework printer of the the storm. Uh, get all the players and stuff. Good way to meet the guys too. Meet the World Cup players. Meet the storm all together, um, and then have a nice uh, competition. So, what are your and Nick odds of making the World Cup team? Hey, it's still you know <laughs> what uh, the team has not you know it's not announced announced yet by Marty. Uh, I think he you know he, it should be announced next a uh, uh, couple of weeks. He's got a little some details to uh, round up and finalize and and uh, but uh, no, hopefully uh, you know for, hopefully uh, we can be You'll part hear, of it again. After going to Montreal uh, two years ago for the first time, the the team has been there and getting fourth place. I yeah, mean, obviously Nikki six one for MVP here. Yeah, I remember watching from a plane leaving Nashville, getting and <laughs> <laughs> just raking. Uh, what is, what's the expectation for the team now? We st we want to win a medal. We st yeah, we, 
Um, you know, uh, we, we want to come back from metal. That's our goal. And and who knows? Obviously, uh, you know, we're I'm from uh, you know like Quebec and stuff, and I know they are the contenders by far, by so far, far. That's by far the team to beat, right? So we want to focus on everybody else and hopefully make it in a final against them. Yeah. And then from there, uh, you know, we'll have uh, try to get some strategy with uh, with Marty and uh, figure a way to uh, to beat them. So the, um, the goal yeah. here, though, is just it's, it's, it's still we got to come back with a medal. Gold oh. medals. I like it. All day? It, a medal on our neck. That's the obviously yeah. med- the goal is what we always aim, but come back with a medal on our neck. With such a still a small a young organization, right? Yeah. Compared to what Quebec's at, um, you know. So if we come back for a medal, we're accomplished. You know, we're I think we're, we're proud of what we did. If we don't come back with that, I think we're we'll be disappointed. Uh, and uh, yeah. Well, I think with the the new deckhead sticks, oh. which are oh, we didn't talk about, and I wanted to say this earlier <laughs> when we were talking about the Burroughs Cup is yeah. the flex on that stick. What is it? What I don't know, Pat. Tell me. I mean, you had a two hundred guy. 200 pound guy bent over your stick. Yeah. What is the flex on that stick? Yeah, 85. <laughs> that was, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, we all watched it. We know what the, he's talking I about. I know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this. Drop them. Drop them. That was funny. Yeah. I heard about it after as well. No, that we was, watched him like, oh, good for that stick. It yeah. held up really well. I, you you going to play with the deckhead? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. The whole team, yeah. Um, but no, it's, yeah, there were those new sticks where uh, everybody loves them and stuff, the whip on them, the. The, the way I mean you shoot and stuff the feeling so yeah uh, well uh, that's one the way we uh, the reason main reason we designed those sticks originally was strictly to get them for the World Cup players and then a couple other guys had them and so we we added you know uh, everybody can get those but they were designed and stuff and made the elite ones for the World Cup team well obviously we've seen the impact those sticks have had Mock you've been raving about them since they came out yeah they're and unreal we've seen the whip and I mean, Womack just sniped the hell out of me the other day with it, and it was dirty. Thanks, Big D, for the uh, video. I yeah. watched it 17 times today. <laughs> uh, All right, Pat, Nick, well, we appreciate everything that you guys have done for deck hockey locally, uh, I guess across the entire country, as it were, uh, but we look forward to maybe a third deck, maybe having uh, world championships here and bringing all, home a medal. All gold medals. But all things said and done, what did we learn tonight? Uh, Shaq. What's the big takeaway? I mean, there's a, a big marriage happening and uh, a group game initiative that we're all involved in. And it's going to be good for everybody. USA all the way. Patty, what'd you learn tonight? That your uh, little uh, deck focus uh, area here is pretty amazing and stuff. We do our best. We need big thanks to Sean there. Hey, Nikki, what'd you learn? We got today? Nikki in the studio too. He's being shy, but we want to know what he learned. Nick, what'd you learn today? All right, Big D. Big D, what'd you learn tonight, bud? Uh, that we might be having world championships here someday. Oh my gosh, Ooh. that is some breakthrough stuff. Nick Levesque on the microphone. What did you learn? I learned today that the the Deckheads is the team to beat in the States for three-on-three deck hockey, so bring on the competition for next July. We'll see you guys next year. Oof. All right, Deckheads, that wraps it up for another episode of Deck Hockey Focus. Uh, stay tuned for more. We're trying to bring you guys some more stuff from around the country, uh, around the entire world if we can up in uh, bermuda so we might might talk about that yeah but we're trying to keep you guys dialed in i i know that we haven't been talking a lot about the local stuff that's happening but you know we we've got a lot going on right now we want to bring you guys the best episodes that we can but uh stay tuned for the next episode and in the meantime get out there score some goals